Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Pond Hunter Broadcast from the Under the Sea Radio Show on Blog Talk Radio. The Pond Hunter, in the pursuit of all things aquatic. Take a look into the world of koi ponds, water gardens, and the lifestyles of the aquatically obsessed. Meet the pros, hobbyists, and cover some no-nonsense pond advice straight from the field. The Pond Hunter, in the pursuit of all things aquatic. Here's your host, koi pond and water garden expert, Mike Gannon. Hey, hey everybody, what's up folks? All right, all right, all right. Welcome, welcome everybody to the Pond Hunter Radio broadcast, coming to you from Blog Talk Radio, broadcasting around the world, broadcasting to all of you aquatically obsessed people out there. You know who you are. Welcome to episode 28. Hope everybody's doing great. I'm your host, Mike Gannon. I'll be very happy to be with all of you here tonight. Spring is in the air, everybody. Can you feel it? I certainly can. I'm psyched. I know it's not technically spring, but, you know, I'll still take it any way I can get it. But before we get started here, I want to remind everybody, you can download this and all the other previous episodes by going to blogtalkradio.com slash thepondhunter, or you can find the archives on iTunes as well. You can listen to any of the shows at your convenience from your smartphone, tablet, any smart device, or your desktop. Remember, blogtalkradio.com slash thepondhunter, or go to iTunes. Many great shows, tons of information on koi ponds, water gardens, water features, lots and lots of great stuff, great content. And if you're listening live, please feel free to call into the show. I'd be happy to hear from you guys tonight. If you would like to call in, the number is 914-803-4557. Tonight would be a good night to call in if you have questions regarding spring pond care. And I'm also on Facebook during the show when the show is live, so feel free to message me there. And I'll be tweeting the show out into cyberspace as soon as the show is done tonight. Tonight... Jason Turpin from Turpin Brothers Landscape and Pond Source will be on the show. Jason is a pond professional who I've known for many years now. His company is based out of Pennsylvania, and they deal with all aspects of ponds, water gardens, and landscaping. And this time of year, they do plenty of spring pond care services for their customers. And Jason will be with us tonight, here, live. So stick around. On the last show... I had a great guest, Ellen Klobeck from Klobeck Koi Farms was on, and she talked to me about gosanke, koi varieties. And, uh, you know, when hobbyists start getting into koi, or should I say start falling in love with koi, because that's kind of really seems to be more the case. Them koi, they're just lovable little rascals, you know? But once that relationship starts, most hobbyists begin to realize there are many varieties of koi, many, and more being developed. As we speak, it can take a long time to learn all of them and how to recognize the different traits and qualities. And I think a good starting point on this journey is with the gosake varieties. And that's what we focused on during the last show with Ellen. And uh, Ellen is a koi professional, breeder, farmer. She has tons of great information. So go check that out. That was episode 27, PHRB. And you know where you can find that. The PHRB archives, blogtalkradio.com, and iTunes. Ellen was a great guest. That was uh, an interesting conversation. So many things to think about and so many subtleties um, when it comes to koi. And, And picking a good koi. Choosing a quality koi, a good-looking koi. Um, So many things to consider, and Ellen really helped us out quite a bit by defining those things, making it a little easier for somebody who's going to look at maybe even buying their first high-quality koi, just some things that you guys can look at, some interesting stuff to know about. So check it out. Cool episode with a cool lady. 
and I think she'll be back. Uh, we'll probably talk about some other varieties somewhere down the road. But, uh, you know, it's like each episode um, here of the, the broadcast, it really, you could practically devote a whole episode to one one variety. So doing the best art we can here to really give you good, concise information. Um, and next up, on the next episode, <clears throat> excuse me, man, the next episode is pretty intense for a couple reasons. It's going to be the one-year anniversary of the Pond Hunter radio broadcast. Yep, it's been a full year of uh, being on the air, talking to you guys and having a ball doing it. Really flew by, quite honestly. Can't believe it's been a year already. And there's so much more I'd like to do with it. Um, and it's going to be the 20-year anniversary of my company, Full Service Aquatics, to the day. So the next show is March 25th. Full Service Aquatics was started March 25th, 1995. So it will be my 20-year anniversary of Full Service Aquatics. And I'm going to have an amazing guest. Uh, Eric Triplett is going to be my guest, everybody. The Pond Digger. If you are aquatically obsessed, I imagine you've heard of the Pond Digger. Eric is a lot of things in the pond industry. He's a pond designer, installer, and expert. Uh, he has tons of informational pond videos on YouTube, new ones coming out all the time, really cool stuff going on. He's the manufacturer of the Helix filtration systems. Uh, he's a pond guru. He's my friend, and he'll be joining me on the next episode of the Pond Hunter Radio broadcast. Eric Triplett is going to be here. I hope you guys will all be tuning in on March 25th. It'll be a great show. Mark your calendars. Set your alarms and be here with us. The Pond Digger, everybody. Boom. There's some really good things in store coming up. Lots of fun coming your way. Hey, it's spring, everybody. Did you hear me? And it sure has been a cold, cold winter. I saw my first fish. Not my first fish. I saw my fish today for the first time um, since January like crazy i haven't seen my fish since january and even in january my pond was already you know it's cold enough here in new jersey this the that area um that i had you know a little bit of ice here and there kind of froze went away but after january it it pretty much froze and uh i mean complete sheet of ice big thick skin of ice um over the top of my pond so i haven't seen them it made me very happy to see them i actually felt my felt it in my heart. And they looked great. This was a tough winter. Uh, I mean, long extended periods of freezing weather, an easy one. So, you know, I was, you kind of worry sometimes about your fish. But anyway, they look great. My pond has still has a big iceberg uh, in it. <laughs> it's about 70% melted. And I'm guessing some of you are in the same boat. Some still a lot more frozen than I am here in New Jersey, I'm sure. And some of you probably have been enjoying your ponds for a while. You lucky dog. Like uh, the pond digger down there in Southern California. I'm sure he's been enjoying his. And even though technically it's not spring by the calendar standard, who, who's going to argue against spring at this point? Come on. You guys nuts. Uh, we've all had enough winter now, I'd bet. So anyway, I... I got to see my fish today, and they're moving around very nicely, very alert, not sluggish at all. If you guys are seeing the same thing in your ponds, remember that the water temps in colder zones are probably still too low to begin feeding. So resist that temptation. I know it's been a while. We all know they want to eat, and, and they're going to need to really chow down soon. But um, the water temperatures most likely are still too low. So be, make sure you're checking your water temps before you start feeding them. Um, and at this time of year, you know, early spring, it late winter, whatever you want to call it, I'm going to stick with spring from here on out. Uh, it's a really good time to try to get a very good look at your fish. Look at each one of them as close as possible. Watch how they're swimming. Check to see if they're using their fins normally. Take a look at their eyes. Be sure their eyes are nice and clear. They don't look waxy or bulgy or sunken anything like that. Eyes are a great indicator for fish health, by the way. Um, if you guys aren't 
familiar with what to look for exactly, that that's a pretty great beginner spot to uh, to begin with. <laughs> is the the eyes? They should be shiny and bright and, and look nice and healthy, not not waxy. Um, apart from their eyes, you want to look for red spots on the fish, streaking in the fins, um, or any other issues. You know, whatever you see about your fish that that you know they're they're not looking good or even if they're looking good, make note of that too. <clears throat> and and try to keep track of, of who looked good and how they um, either improve or whatever the case as the season kind of moves on. But, um, you know, in the very near future, when you really get the pond going, you're going to be prepared to deal with any issues that there might be once you get that good look at your fish. Fish can, and they do, come out of winter um, the winter period weakened and stressed. So take the time now to check for issues. And I'm not trying to scare anybody. I, I deal with a lot of ponds. And, um, you know, typically the majority of fish are going to come out of winter just fine. Our koi and goldfish and most other pond fish, they handle the cold months without issue. So the best thing this time of year is observation observation spring care spring fish care should be an entire show as a topic itself um now we'll be getting into some more general spring fish care with our guest tonight but first let's see what's going on out in the world of ponds and water gardens things start to heat up this time of year literally and figuratively there's a lot to see and do for the aquatically obsessed this time of year. Um, koi shows, all sorts of events are going on right now. Um, the Deep South Koi and Pond Society is having their second annual koi show, koi and goldfish show, that is. And I love when the goldfish get a little respect too. I love goldfish. They're such happy, cheerful fish, amazingly beautiful. Um, so this show is happening March 14th. It's going to be from 9 a.m. to 14. 4 p.m. in southern Louisiana, Baton Rouge, to be exact, at the John M. Parker Coliseum. And um, Troy Head will be there. Troy will be judging fish this year. So stop by and say hello to Troy and enjoy the show in Baton Rouge. Uh, for more information, you guys can check out deepsouthkoi.org, and they will have all the information for you. Hopefully you guys can get on out and enjoy a nice koi show and have a lot of fun at the event. Um, if you're in the Chicago area, might not be so warm, um, but you should really try to make your way down to Navy Pier for the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. This is one of the best shows in the country, and uh, it's running from March 14th to 22nd. While you're there, stop in to see the Aquascape display. Aquascape builds these amazing displays at this show. Ponds and water features all over the place. And uh, I've been watching the progress of this particular build that they're doing. For this year, 2015, I've been watching it online. And I tell you what, if you're within a few hours drive, you really should go. Uh, you can see amazing world-class flower garden show, world-class water features, and even get to meet the Pond Stars from the Nat Geo Wild TV show, The Pond Stars. Um, for more information on that, you can go to chicagoflower.com. That's the website, chicagoflower.com. And again, that's March 14th through 22nd. Go check out what the Pond Stars are up to. Speaking of the Pond Stars, they've been out again filming new Pond Stars episodes so that we can be watching for more stuff from them coming out pretty soon. I missed that show. I'm ready for a new season. If you guys want to check out the last season of Pond Stars, you can find them on YouTube. Um, if you go to the Aquascape Ponds YouTube channel, and find the Pond Stars there, um, you can see all their their episodes that have been aired already. And uh, more stuff coming up. So should be pretty cool. Should be pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> so what do we got? Well, coming up. Okay, everybody, just coming up in just a couple minutes, Jason Turpin from Turpin Landscaping and Pond Source. We are going to talk about spring pond care. What you need to know. Spring Pond Care Essentials. But first, a word from this show's almost 20-year-old sponsor, Full Service Aquatics. Do you love your pond? 
full-service aquatics, water garden, and koi pond experts can give you a pond you can live with. Full-service aquatics, an award-winning water garden, koi pond, and water feature design and installation firm has been creating amazing aquatic environments since 1995. Got waterfall? Full-service aquatics can make your old waterfall or pond look like new with our waterfall, koi pond, and water garden renovation and repair services. Visit FullServiceAquatics.com or call 908-277-6000 to speak with a full-service aquatics pond professional today. That's FullServiceAquatics.com or 908-277-6000. Full-Service Aquatics, a pond you can live with. Visit LoveYourPond.com. Well, service aquatics, baby, still kicking it. Uh, you know, I think most pond owners tend to be a bit more in touch with what is happening in the outdoor world. Pond owners know when spring is here. And if you live in an area where there are seasonal changes, you know that there are things to do for every season for your pond, even winter pond care. And there's stuff that needs to be done. And spring is when a lot needs to be done. It's that time to give your pond a bit of attention. Uh, like we all do, the proverbial spring cleanup, uh, spring cleaning in our homes and in our lives. And we got to look at for our ponds, too. After a long winter, there will be things to be done. Spring pond care is what set you up, is what is going to set you up for a successful summer season. And knowing what to do is a big help. So tonight's topic of spring pond care is exactly that. It is meant to help. It's meant to make things a little smoother for you, a lot more efficient. You don't want to waste time during spring, right? There is so much to do during spring, and, and not just your pond stuff. Springtime is, is to really enjoy the amazing natural world, um, everything blooming and bursting into life, colors everywhere, all that good stuff. And ponds are, are certainly uh, a part of that. So tonight, I have Jason Turpin with me. Jason designs, builds, and services koi ponds, water gardens, and water features. He's been a pond professional for many years. His company, Turpin Landscape and Pond Source, performs spring pond care for many customers and year-round pond care, of course. One of my favorite pond pros, and he's here to share some of his experience and expertise with us. Jason, are you on the line? I am. Hey, Mike. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Awesome. Are you sawing out in your area? Um, we're trying. Uh, starting to see some of the fish swimming around just, I think it was yesterday for the first time. Uh, still pretty cold, though. They're still able to hide under some ice in, in many areas, but it's getting there. Feels like spring's here, though. It's nice outside. Yeah, I'm getting there, too. Is your crew ready to get out and open up some ponds? I'm sure your customers are ready. <laughs> yeah, they're ready, and we're we're chomping at the bit, too. We're ready to get this going. We're excited that, that spring is here, that's for sure. Yeah, so. absolutely. You and me both. Well, I hope you have some good projects lined up um, for this season coming up. When did you open your business? Uh, 2001 when was when we started. But did I hear that you, you're on your 20th year? Yeah. Or you're coming yeah, up March on 20 25th. years? Yeah, it's going to be 20, 20 years, my friend. Wow, congratulations. Man, nice job. That's awesome. Thanks, man. I'm I'm happy to still be here. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't always easy. I stuck it out. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But, um, yeah, so cool. So um, you've been around for, for some time, too. And you have a retail center also, don't you? Yes, we do. At our location, um, we have some display ponds as well as aquatic plants, fish, and everything you need for ponds and water features. Cool. All sorts of pond supply, aquatic plant, fish. Um, mm -hmm. And your your company does what, I mean, I was just so blown away this year. You do an amazing pond tour every year. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Our pond tour is a blast. It's, uh, it's always the last weekend in July, and it's in uh, Chester County, uh, Pennsylvania area. And it's about 40 different uh, stops. Uh, 35 to 40 different stops, and there's over 50 water features because some of these uh, stops have, you know, multiple uh, water features. And what it is is we, we sell the tickets. Um, it's a two-day event. Again, last weekend mm -hmm. in July, it's a two-day event, and you can go to as few or as many as, as you want. Uh, we also do a pond tour, or I'm sorry, a bus tour on the on Saturday, 
um, which is guided. So we have many different options. It's it's just a, a lot of fun. Um, last year we had over 400 people at the barbecue. Uh, Saturday evening we do a big barbecue, and then we donate all the money to the Chester County Food Bank, and we're happy to say that over the last five years we've raised over $60,000 for them. It's absolutely amazing. It's, I mean, it's just tremendous on your end, and uh, even from a pond tour, I mean, 400 people, I just, I, I fully intend to participate <laughs> on one of your tours because it just sounds like such a blast. I'm holding you to that. I'm going to make sure you're here this year, Mike. All right. I'll be there. I will be there. So it's and then, very uh, cool. That's yeah, and then we also, um, we also do a night tour as well. Um, that one, that one's not as many people, but the the night the tours are a lot of fun. If there's a tour in anybody's area, you definitely got to go on them. They're a blast. Yeah, yeah, they sound like it. And it's especially nighttime tours interesting because it's a whole different dimension to pond keeping. So I, I think a lot of people, you know, see ponds during the day, but I mean, you, when you're going on this tour, these ponds are, I would imagine, lit up and just looking amazing at night. They they are the landscape around them, the tree lights giving you know moonlight shining down and all kinds of different things. So it's it's I have many people tell me they enjoy their pond just as much as sometimes even more at night than they do during the day. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I would be I would count myself among them. I I spend a lot of time just because during the season really it's it's like I'm kind of busy. I'm out in the field. I'm not really home to uh, enjoying my pond that much during the day, but certainly at night. You know, I I get out there eleven o'clock at night, feed the fish, and just enjoy the lights and enjoy everything. So it's it's great. I've heard it people is. say it's like getting two, two ponds. You have your daytime pond and your nighttime pond. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. That's, that's, yeah, yeah, a lot more uh, fun to be had around the nighttime pond. I can I can tell you that. At least in my yard. <laughs> Mine too. That's so, for sure. Yeah. So cool. Let's let's talk about some spring pond care because we are it's we're just getting to that time of year and I I think that this is the most important service of the entire year and it's a lot more than just a little bit of maintenance. There's a lot to do, there's a lot to be aware of. So let's talk about like a typical pond coming out of winter months. An average winter will kind of beat up people's properties and it includes their ponds. It's hard to get out during the winter and clean up after a winter storm and all that stuff aside from clearing snow. So once we get that final thaw, there is some work to be done. So as, as you, your crew, you guys get out into the field after winter, what type of conditions do you typically see um, in people's yards around people's ponds? Do they need a bit of cleanup and care? They absolutely do. Um, both both in the pond and, and even, you know, right around the pond for sure. Between aquatic plants and things that maybe did not get quite cut down in the fall, um, leaves and debris and everything from fall, uh, winter hits, some stuff gets frozen to the ground before you can get all that cleaned up. Um, that stuff works, it works its way into the pond, even if you had it netted for part of the winter or even all the winter. Somehow it works its magic and makes it in under that net. So you get a lot of debris down in the bottom of the pond, and um, as soon as we can in the spring, we're getting ready to get started, like you said. Um, but as soon as we can, we, we like to get that stuff out of there, get the clean out going, and get everybody's yeah. pond healthy as soon as possible. Yeah. So, I mean, just a general cleanup around the outside of the pond even helps doing um, a service, you know, and doing the duties that need to be done just as far as accessibility. So nice perimeter cleanup. Um I usually try to inspect the exposed equipment and stuff like that, too. Um, when it's time to actually clean the pond itself, do you drain the ponds that you work on? We do. We drain them uh, all the way down uh, completely. It basically run the run the fish completely out of the water. That's one question that we always get. Um, we don't want to chase them around the pond, so we, we drain it down, um, catch the fish, put them in a holding tank, and clean everything out from there with, with pressure washers and hoses and even vacuuming sometimes. Cool. And then, how do you pump out? How do you pump the water out of the pond? What do, What do you use? We have uh, uh, pumps that can handle some solids and organic debris and a little bit of sludge. Um, those pumps pump the water down to about a quarter inch. Um, so we use those pumps in order to in order to get them as empty as possible. Uh, we have had others, though, ask us what to do, and sometimes we've actually had people, uh, depending on pond size and, and things like that, uh, use their existing pump 
uh, with a different pipe, put it in the pond, and then bail out the water down at the bottom and, and even use a shop vac or something once it gets all the way down. But the way that we do it is, again, with a pump that, that will pump it down to about a quarter inch. Okay, so, cool. What do you do with the, the rest of the water? Um, well, first off, when we start when we first start draining it, we take that water and put it in the holding tank. That way, the fish are still in the same water. And then the rest, we it's great fertilizer. There's a, there's a lot of nutrients in there. Uh, we will water some of the plants around it, um, and and then the rest will will end up just disposing somewhere that will run across, you know, out into the yard and just go down into the ground. Cool. And some of that water is actually pretty good for plants and stuff like that as well. So. It, if uh, people are pumping that stuff out, they don't really have to worry about it causing any issues. Oh no, it's really healthy. I mean, it's it's not going to hurt anything at all. So, yeah, it's actually kind of good for the stuff. What do you do with the fish um, when the fish you you pumped out the pond? You're ready to catch your fish. What do you do with the fish? We'll take them and we'll put them into that holding tank. Uh, when I say holding tank, we have different size tanks. Again, we're we're doing all different size ponds, so it really depends on. Um, size pond you have and how many fish you have and everything uh depends on how big of a holding tank you need um we have anywhere from you know uh, 200 gallon tanks all the way up to 500 gallon tanks um we we have we set one of those tanks up close to the, as close to the pond as possible really whether it's on a patio or or something like that um we'll take uh once after we fill that tank we'll put the fish into that tank we put aerators in the tank um that way the fish are fine for the few hours that it takes us to do the clean out of the day depending on pond size and then we will put a net over top uh i've had fish jump or try and jump out at least have you ever had that oh yeah sure yep we get them jumping out uh here and there yeah so so we make sure we net them yeah cool um um and then and then hello hello Hello? I can hear you, but it's, I hear an echo. Yeah, I'm getting a loop here. Um, would you mind uh, calling, you right, calling back? right back? No, no problem I'm at all. Okay. okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, thanks. Okay, everybody, thanks for kind of sticking around. Sorry about that, having a little bit of a um, a glitch here. So bear with me. Jason will be right back on the line, and we're going to continue with our show here. So, Jason, you there? I am here. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry about that. I had a little bit of a glitch. Um, okay, so where were we at? <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about fish and holding tanks and um, making sure that you right. had all the proper equipment. Okay. Now, with, with any water that um, – so you can't say – let's say you can't save all the water and you you need to top off the pond um, once you get everything back filled – filled back in essentially you're doing a water change do you condition the water um when you're fit, topping off a pond like that yes we do uh we make sure we put some kind of dechlorinator in there that takes out any chlorine uh chloramines as well as it's a water conditioner for heavy metals and anything else that uh that shouldn't be in the water uh we always put that in uh i've heard others say that maybe you don't need to use that on well water maybe you do we just don't even chance it we just we just always put it in no matter what yeah, and, and it's non-toxic for you know unless you get really crazy with it. So that's a practice that that I use as well. And um, you know when it comes to removing the fish, there's some people may not know, but there's a strategy to removing fish from the pond, like you had mentioned. But first of all, the 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 use of an actual net that is good for koi, because not all nets are meant for koi, and you have to make sure you have the right size net for the size fish or pond. You don't want to use a 24-inch net on a 300-gallon pond. It just won't really fit in there. And you don't want to use an 8-inch hand net if your pond is 10 by 15 with 20-inch fish. So net choices do matter. And the strategy you use that I use uh, to making it very easy to catch fish is to drain the pond down until there's just enough water that's covering the fish's fin, dorsal fin, because if you try to catch them in a full pond, you're going to be unsuccessful. You're going to stress out the fish. You're going to stress yourself out. And by the time you get from one side of the pond 
to get the fish, they can swim over to the other side real quick. So when fish know that they're going to be netted, they kind of freak out. So don't even introduce the net into the water so it's drained enough to easily and calmly catch your fish. So keep calm and, uh, you know, catch your fish very carefully. Don't get them too freaked out. Um, and that's a, that's a nice little strategy to use. I know some people, if they're not familiar with cleaning, may try to catch the fish right away. Don't do that. Um, but anyway, once the fish are into the large container, you'd mentioned that you, you do aerate them. Um, how are you doing that? Are you using air pump or water pump? How do you aerate the fish when they're being held? We use the air pumps. Um, just uh, plug it in, it sits on the ground, and then put the air stones just into the bottom of the tank. Um, we usually use a, a, a two-stone aerator and just put that right underneath the net, and it sits in the bottom of the tank, and we've never had a problem. Fish do great in there during that time while okay. you're going to clean cool. up. And you you mentioned covering them, too, because the fish can get nervous. They can get jumpy. What what do you use to cover the containers, the holding containers for the fish? Um, we used to use a, a net very similar to the uh, to the fall netting type material any kind of uh, any kind of wiring mesh will work um at this point because we do quite a few of them we have uh nets that just clip right onto the outside of our tanks uh so they they usually come with the tanks um or we make it so we can fasten them really easily and quickly okay cool and and once they're in there this is it's also an excellent time to take a very close look at your fish a, a really nice up close look to see how each one is doing. It's the best time to get a fish count, too. So you want to kind of know what you're stocking in there. And pond owners should try to know how many fish they have so they can properly manage their ponds. And um, if you need to thin out fish, too, I'm sure every spring you've got to be taking some fish to distribute or find homes for. If you have too many fish, now's the time to get that done. And you can pick and choose carefully the fish you want back in your pond. so, cool. I, I always once, love to see how excited people are. To uh, it's always one of like uh, the the biggest questions. Can you make sure you tell me how many fish I have and and uh, before you put them back in, you know, when they come out and and we always do the same inspection and everything as well. So that's always one of the funnest parts when you get ready to release the fish back in and everybody wants to count and make sure that you know they're all there and they all look healthy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's. It, it it's fun. It is fun doing that, and I I do see customers. They get very excited for that kind of stuff. Um, once the pond is drained, you have your fish nice and safely housed. Um, what's kind of the next step? What do you do the inside of the pond? Uh, I would guess a good cleaning of bulky materials is in order. Yeah, we uh, we usually uh, start at the top and work our way down. Um, so we'll start up in the in the top at our at our filter. Um, clean that area out, and then start just working our working our way down. Because um, as you're cleaning out the the stream and everything, it's all going to be uh, flowing into the pond, um, and you're going to want to pump out some of that muck and, and debris that you're you're washing into there. So yes, we do use uh, pressure washers and hoses, and start at the top and and work our way down. Yeah, cool. What's the benefit of removing those those materials? Well, if you get a if you get an excess, if you have a whole bunch of that stuff still in there, as it breaks down, it can start to create algae blooms. Um, all your nitrate and nitrate levels and all that kind of thing could be could be thrown off. Um, so it's best just to kind of start with a nice, clean, fresh pond for the spring, and let the let the ecosystem bring itself back. And uh, we have found that that's how everything stays the healthiest. Yeah. Cool. And you had uh, you mentioned that you do some pressure wash. So that that basically is really giving the pond a really clean presentation. Um, mm-hmm. Now, do you clean the gravel if if a pond has a gravel interior? We will. Um, we usually do that more with the hose. Um, it's not so in, in in our experience. We don't feel you don't have to get everything out. It's not like it has to be uh, completely completely pristine um but yes we do hose everything and we make sure that uh we do hose the gravel um pressure wash the bigger stuff um but again it's not like it's i just didn't want that to sound wrong when i say we're pressure washing and hosing Uh, we do do a good job get all the debris and everything out but there's still algae and and stuff like that on the back of those rocks that will 
kind of start that system back up. So I might be jumping ahead of there on you a little bit, but <laughs> that's a uh, that's where yeah you know yeah, and I I agree with you on that. I mean it it, it um you got I guess you don't have to, but you if that's the method of doing it, it's a good way to go. Um, now cleaning gravel, one of the things I've heard many people kind of be hesitant about is they they feel that cleaning gravel is very difficult. Um, in my experience, I don't find it to be that difficult. It's kind of swish, swirl, and drain, and um, <laughs> it usually works pretty good. Um, what is your thoughts on, on the difficulty level of doing gravel cleaning? I don't think the gravel cleaning is very tough at all. I mean, when you hose, the gravel that you're using is, is basically some sort of a clean stone, usually some sort of a river rock. And, and what I mean by clean stone is when you put this in, all the fines and everything were taken out. So it's not like it gets real, real compacted or anything like that. So when you start hosing and washing that area down, that that stuff actually, it, it will run through the gravel and under the gravel. And by hosing it and kind of sliding it around and, you know, it's a little bit of a dirty job. You get in there and you're using your hands and, and moving some things around. It really does, I feel, clean up fairly easy and and really well. Yeah, I think it's easy. I, I almost think there's a, a kind of a therapeutic um, aspect of it, too, you know. <laughs> um, okay, so while all this work is being done, and it's a lot of work, are you, are you acclimating the fish at the same time that you're doing this work? Yeah, so as we um, – well, we usually get – once we get the pond pumped out, we'll usually start putting some water um, back into there. And, yes, we will start acclimating the fish as quickly as, as possible. And that way, um, as we're finishing up all the cleanouts with the with all the filter pads and and whatever, depending on what type of system you have, um, we're getting those fish back into that water uh, that will start to um, get get adjusted to the to the new water temperature. Um, we have two different ways right. that we do that. Yeah. So one band, yeah. one band. If you if the depending on the size of the pond and things like that, sometimes we'll take some of that water from the tank, pump it back into the pond. And then that will acclimate them differently than just a uh, starting totally over fresh. So it really depends a little bit on how clean that water was and all that kind of thing on how we acclimate them back in. Sure, and I'm sure it's a case by case scenario as well because each each pond, even if they're built with similar components, they every pond really is pretty unique. Um, so uh, I'm sure that's a case by case thing. So cool. So we have the whole pond interior done now. It's nice and clean. It's drained. Um, now is the time to maybe check out the equipment. So what do you do, for example, for a pond skimmer? What would be a, maybe a typical maintenance for the, for a spring, um, pond service? So for the, for the skimmer, um, after you drain the pond, there's still, um, the skimmer will drain down to where the, where the, it hooks up. Um, after that, it, it doesn't go down anymore. Um, so what we'll do is we'll actually put the put the pump in there, completely pump that area out, make sure that's all completely clean, um, and then we'll we'll just inspect it, make sure that that the screws are all looking good, uh, make sure that we can't see that any water has been leaking anywhere. Um, we will also adjust the or adjust it um, if it's if anything's at a level too much or anything like that. We can fix that at that time. That would be the best time to do that. Uh, and then we also check right. the weir. Uh, usually, some of them have some, have some sort of a flapper weir in there to to adjust with the uh, water level. Uh, we'll make sure that that's not broken as well. Right. Cool. Um, so you're draining it. You remove debris from it. I'd imagine you're cleaning the netting. Pop in a mm-hmm. new filter pad, and and it's that's that's pretty much it. Skimmers. What's so nice about them? They're such amazing pieces of equipment. They can kind of make and break upon in a lot of ways, but they're very easy to maintain. Um, now, if somebody has a biofall type of filter, because there's many filters, we can't cover them all, but biofalls are very popular. So for the biofall type of filter, what is the maintenance on, on those? Could you describe that? Sure. There's there's filter mats in there. Um, when you unhook the pump, a lot of the time that water does um, flow backwards if it was running over the, over the winter. If it was shut down, um, sometimes they're just sitting there with debris and things like that in the bottom. And again, we will take those filter mats out. Um, we will either wash them or replace them, uh, depending on what kind of condition they're in. And again, we will completely drain that and make sure that it's completely cleaned out as well. Cool. Um, a lot of t- I do the same process, and a lot of times when there's biomedia in there, one of the things that I do to clean the biomedia is just 
I will use the pond water itself just to give it a really good rinsing, um, just to try to maintain some of the, the bacteria that grows on that to keep that colony alive a little bit. So I, I think washing the biomedia bio with pond water is a great way to do it, mm-hmm. um, and easy and effective and right on site. Um, now, what about the pumps? That's the heart of the system. Um, what do you do with pumps at this time of year? We inspect for the impeller. Particular service. Yeah, we we, ins- we inspect the impeller and make sure nothing is uh, nothing is clogged. Um, make sure that w- uh, that when you plug it in, it's not making any kind of noise or anything like that. Um, is, and they're pretty much low maintenance, so as long as nothing else has gone on with them, we don't do too much more than that. Okay, cool. Yeah, same thing. Just make sure intakes are clear, impellers in mm-hmm. good condition, and um, as long as I, I we take a good look at it, make sure all connection points there's no you know wear and tear on the the cords or anything like that. And yeah, we as long as it's looking as well. good, it's, yeah, it's it's a pretty quick um, portion of the service and. Most pumps are generally pretty reliable for many years, so hopefully nobody has to replace them at that time. But it's a great time, as long as you're doing anything, everything, if you need a pump, um, it's a great time to get that taken care of. If pond has aeration and an aerator on it, uh, do you change out the air stones every spring? Yes, we do. Yes, every spring we will just uh, disconnect those. Um, a lot of the time... Um, we actually uh, will move them back into the uh, the bottom of the pond as well. Sometimes in the fall we have moved them up so it's not sitting completely on the bottom, um, and we will take them and move them back into the bottom at the same time as the clean-out and replace those stones at that time. Yeah, and that's that's a good point because uh, it aerators, sometimes they can just be you know left in the same place all year, but some seasonal adjustments, a lot of times are necessary, like you just mentioned. You raise the stones up during the colder periods. You can put them down lower uh, during the warmer times of the year. Do you use aeration on the majority of ponds that you do? I would say about 50%. Um, I, I like to. I think it's very, very healthy for the pond. Um, it's just for uh, for some of the ponds, um, I don't know why I don't get some of them in, to be totally honest. But uh, I would say about fifty percent of them we do. Yeah, I think aerators are probably probably one of the most important pieces of equipment a pond owner can have is, is to have an aerator. It can come in handy many, many, many different ways. Multifunctional. Um, now, uh, you talked about on the pond tours, you do these uh, moonlight pond tours, and you get to enjoy all the lighting. Now, what what type of maintenance might a lighting system require? Uh, this time of year when you're doing a, a spring startup? Well, as you're in there um, pressure washing and, and, and moving things around, um, you always find a light or two, and every once in a while, um, if it's not working, we will replace it at that time. And replacing it at that time can mean can mean uh, the bulb, or yep. or that can mean just replacing the actual fixture. Um, some of the new ones that are sealed uh, with these longer warranties that are all LED, we're, we're really liking those a lot. Uh, highly recommend those, and whether and if they are working, we make sure that we uh, that we clean them off, readjust everything, uh, hide any kind of cord that's showing, and just make sure that it's nice and secure and hidden until nighttime when you when you want the lights flowing. Yeah, cool. Um, I, I've been using those new Aquascape LED lights. Those are they've been great so far. I mean, they're like awesome. you see it said, they're they're completely sealed. Um, they have five-year warranties. you got to love them. And the, it has a nice color rendition, too. So at night, I mean, it's a really beautiful um, uh, j- just color that they, they light. I don't mean they're colored, but just the, the – uh, I'm at a loss for the words right now, but just the color that light comes out are really nice. It's like a natural so, light where, you know, when LED first came out, it had that – it just didn't look real, real natural. But now it's got that really nice uh, – natural, I'm sure, is not the right word either, but it, it looks it looks real. It just looks awesome. Yeah, LED technology has come a, a, a long way over the last 10 years um, mm-hmm. with the light quality. So, okay, cool. And, you know, spring is also a time where, um, like, I'm sure like myself, you work on many types of different ponds. So there's going to be people with different systems. And spring is also a good time of year or the time of year that you're going to hook up your additional filtration, like ultraviolet lights, ion gens, um, pressure filters, 
what what would be some general guidelines on those types of equipment that you're hooking up? Like if you're doing a UV, what would you recommend? Well, as far as the the first thing is, um, when you're first getting there in the spring, especially if this was shut off in the winter, whether uh, sometimes we only go out and services service people's ponds once a year. Sometimes we're out there many times. And the biggest thing we find is just to make sure that if anything was left outside, um, make sure you check all that plumbing really well, especially after that winter we just had with those, all those cold spells and everything, just in case anything is, uh, has cracked or anything. You hope not. But sometimes when you're working with external filters and UV lights, um, you do run into that a little bit if somebody forgot to bring something in in the winter. Um, so that's the first, number one thing is just to make sure that everything is in good shape. UV lights, uh, we do always re- replace the bulbs in the spring. Um, and then uh, from there, just, again, make sure all that the, the plumbing isn't leaking, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, and I, I've experienced the same thing. Every every spring there's going to be somebody who, you know, did not bring in their UV or maybe just, you know, got, got a little behind and they left their pressure filters out. So I see cracked UVs and pressure filters every every spring, unfortunately. So, and that's where winterization comes in, but that's a whole other show. Um, so, cool. So, yeah, I mean, I, we, we always inspect all of them completely and make sure, like you said, no leaking, no cracks, um, and everything is looking good to get people ready for the, the new season. Um, now, what about, uh, you know, so we've talked about our fish, our equipment, the cleaning of the pond, and um, but there's the aquatic plants. So this time of year, you know, it's still early. There's not an awful lot of plant growth, but do you recommend any special care for pond plants at this time? I, I do, and there's there's kind of two different uh, methods that I've seen. One is when they're actually planted into the pond, out of pots, and the other one is when they're in pots, in the pond. So okay. at at this time, the ones that are in the gravel, um, we will, that are not in pots, uh, we will try and... Um, we will try and fertilize as many of those as possible. If anything is overgrown at that time, uh, we will remove that and get it back to a manageable level um, and just make sure it's all going to be in scale. Sometimes it's a little bit tough uh, real early spring. Uh, for instance, water lilies and everything, they, they've died back over the winter, um, even the hardy ones, and, and they will pop back up. But when we're doing these clean-outs in the spring, it's somewhat a little bit tough. But when we can find them and everything, we will make sure that we fertilize all of them um, and prune back any plants that are, have become a little overgrown. And then as far as the ones in the pots, that's a great time that you can you can divide those, uh, fertilize those so that you get nice, healthy blooms um, all season long. So we have a year-round fertilizer that we use for that, but then we also use the monthly stuff on top of that as well, and that's how we have just found that the, the plants flourish. Yeah, I mean, it's a time to prepare your plants to perform during the season because um, it's kind of hard to – once the season gets too far – along it's kind of it's a game of catch-up so you don't want to find you know in at the end of june that your plants aren't doing well and oh gosh you know i should have done something at the spring during the Mm -hmm. spring service so yeah i agree with you it's a good time to you know get all those really prepared so you have great performance of your plants and if you do your plants right i'll tell you i mean honestly in all honesty for many years um i don't think i was doing plants correctly and uh i just didn't it's not that the I just didn't get a lot of um, flowers and, and that kind of stuff and great performance out of them. But once you kind of learn how to just the, the simple care that they need, I think most people can expect some really nice results um, from their plants. I agree. I think, and one again, of the biggest, I think one of the biggest oversights could actually be depth of the plant. Um, you know, very often we find that, you know, some things just get planted a little bit too deep. Um, depending on how the pond is shelved on the inside and everything, can really, you know, but man, that plant just isn't doing real well, and I'm not sure why. And if you bring it up a few inches, it's amazing the difference it can make and how much happier the plant will actually be. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It is amazing. Um, so, okay, so we're doing all this stuff. We're constantly checking our fish. I, You know, every 15 minutes or so when people are doing their spring service, they should be checking, acclimating their fish, observing them. Um, you don't want to acclimate your fish all at once. It's it's being done incrementally from the time they're out of the pond and, and in their containers till they're ready to go back in. And sometimes, like you'd mentioned, it, it, you, acclimation will continue on larger ponds um, even after they go in because you got to fill it up. So we have everything done. 
and we're ready to fill the pond and get the fish back in and start up the system, what type of water treatments should we be looking at utilizing um, at this point? Well, just before, um, just just before we start to fill it, um, and as we're hosing it down, we will we will be using a little bit of a algae um, ego blast or something like that on the on the rocks um, to make any algae that is there basically break down. Um, at, so that was kind of done while we were doing the clean out, and then after we're uh, once we're getting ready to put the fish back in, um, again we quickly make sure that we have some kind of detoxifier, dechlorinator um, to make sure that the water is okay for the fish and that that goes in yeah. immediately okay cool um and then right after that you get the system started up and uh, i think that's a good time to do a field test and all the equipment make sure everything's running okay everything we're just working on and looking for leaks not only in the equipment um especially pressure filters and uvs but also looking for leaks in the plumbing that maybe you can see and you have access to uh, mm-hmm. People should look for low spots for leaks because things sometimes shift and settle during the, the winter, um, of course, even in the waterfall area. And what didn't leak last year might leak this year. So now's the best time to do that kind of inspection. And if everything's cool, we're ready for the season to begin. Um, mm-hmm. When do you start feeding pond fish again? When's a good time to uh, start getting them chowing down? It, it can usually be pretty close to... Right after the clean out, we usually give them a few days after after we've done the pond clean out, let that water clear back up, and as long as that water temperature is over 55 degrees, um, we do start feeding them. We start off a little lightly, um, but pretty much immediately. Cool. Yeah. And do you recommend using like a low temperature food during the springtime and switching over to others, or or how how does that how is that approached? Yes, we we do. Um, we use a, a cold water fish food and. And then once the water temperature gets warm enough, um, we switch. <laughs> Just to, like switch it to a summer staple. Cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So cool. So we've kind of go, gone over and and reviewed the the whole process. And once the pond is is clean and filled, the fish are eating, and we are basically off to the races to enjoy another hopefully fun-filled pond season. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's great. I think we got a really good rundown on what people can expect to um, look at doing for spring pond care. I think these are some great tips, and um, I want to thank you very much for coming on and sharing all this information with uh, myself and the listeners tonight. Your expertise is greatly appreciated. And um, what do you have going on? you have anything coming up that you want to let people know about? Um, we're, we're super excited. We, uh, uh, we always do a lot of events. We have water garden day out here at our place. Um, and then we actually do a total of, of three pond tours a, a year. Um, and they're all on our website. Um, you can always check that out. If you don't mind, it's turpinlandscaping.com. And then, uh, we have a lot of fun and exciting projects coming up. Uh, we have a, a rainwater harvesting system that we're going to be putting all over, um, our Facebook page and things like that. And cool. uh, so definitely, definitely check it out. We got a lot of exciting projects coming up. I'm, I'm really excited, more so than I have been in a long time for this season. Um, I guess it's just been a long, cold winter. I just, I'm, we're ready to get out there. Yeah, I'm with you, man. And I can't wait to see what you got, what you, what you are putting up for everybody to check out. I would say I'm one of your biggest fans. I follow all your stuff. And um, again, thank you so much for coming on tonight, Jason, and sharing all that information with us. Good luck in the 2015 season, and uh, I'm sure I will see you. I'm going to be. I'm going to come to your your um, pond tour, so I'm going to um, put that out there and hold myself to it. <laughs> uh, wonderful, we're holding you to it. That sounds good. Cool, and uh, I look forward to seeing you. And um, again, thanks so much. Have a great night. All right, you too. Thank you very much. Enjoy your evening. All right, you too. Yep, thanks, bye-bye. Jason. Bye bye. Well, that was Jason Turpin, everybody, from Turpin Landscape and Pond Source, and his land, his website is Turpin, T-U-R-P-I-N, landscaping.com. He's got a great website. Uh, if you guys want to check it out, very nice to look at. You can see examples of his work. You can learn about the company um, and uh, see some of their projects. You can also find him on Facebook, and if you're in the Coatesville, Pennsylvania area, stop in and check out Turpin Pond Source. 
they have, um, like he said, a seminar coming up on April 11th, Water Garden Day, and on May 16th this year as well. They also have, um, I'm sorry, they have a seminar on pond cleaning on April 11th, and then they have Water Garden Day on May 16th of this year, and his pond tour in July, which I will see you guys there. Hopefully, you guys are going to make it every year. Um, his Brandywine Valley Pond Tour is probably one of the best tours in the country. I mean, picture that, 400 people. I mean, just tons of ponds to see. It it just sounds awesome. I can't wait to be a part of that. And these guys always seem to have something going on. I mean, please, he, Jason Turpin was buzzing New York City in a helicopter last week. So he's everywhere. I mean, come on. So try to catch up with Jason. Say hi. And thank you again, Jason. Good luck in 2015. Let's hope for a great season for everybody, uh, professionals and hobbyists alike. You know, there's nothing like having that clean pond to start the season. And then your pond will be ready for just about anything. And you won't have the regrets in July that you did not clean up during spring. Those first few weeks after a clean out, the pond looks like new. The fish look awesome. Life is good, but, yeah, you knew there had to be a button there, right? But your crystal clear pond can also gain the attention of predators, like the great blue heron uh, or any other predators that are kind of hungry after winter or have babies at home that they need to feed. And your backyard sushi bar is just the place. Your backyard sushi bar got a five-star rating on Yelp for herons, and they all want a reservation. So, after the cleanout, I do recommend some predator controls to be set in place. And uh, remember, the best predator controls are a part of constructing a pond. So predator controls start in the planning stage. Um, you should have plans for some great fish caves and tunnels and making the pond deep enough, of course. Um, but some exterior controls can be, should be considered, can be considered, and uh, the spring pond care uh, service is a great time to do that. Time to break out the decoy blue heron, mount that on the side of the pond, maybe use some fishing line over the pond, you know, with a, a two-foot two grid um, over the, the pond itself, just to make make it more difficult if you do have a great blue heron coming to visit you. Those uh, fishing line grids with a 50-pound test clear nylon fishing line can really work wonders, and they're not that obstructive either. Um, especially if you know you're going to get visited, that's going to work really well. And um, there's also ultrasonic controls. Those work very nicely, as well as setting up an outdoor radio tuned to a talk radio station. That's a, that's a little trick I think everybody should be aware of because these birds, I mean, they're bold, but they're going to be very shy to come around human voices if they hear them by the pond. So that outdoor radio trick really helps quite a bit. You can play the Pond Hunter radio broadcast. Put on your favorite broadcast, put it on a loop, and that'll scare the hell out of a great blue heron. Whatever you do, be vigilant for a few weeks during high predator season. Your sushi bar is not open for business. No, sir. I have a couple of blog posts that go into predator controls on the Love Your Pond blog, if you guys want to check that out. Um, you can find the Love Your Pond blog on fullserviceaquatics.com. That's my company. It's a blog for the aquatically obsessed. Lots of great information and content on that blog. And you can subscribe and have it delivered right to your email. How about that? When the posts are made, it'll show up and you don't got to do anything but open and enjoy. You guys can also connect with me on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Just add the slash the pond hunter to any of those domains and I'll see you there. I also have a spring pond care video. If you guys want to check it out, a lot of what um, Jason and I talked about, you're going to see in that video. You can find it on YouTube, slash The Pond Hunter. I'll be tweeting it out as well, especially this time of year. I'll get it out there a few times. So, And hey, if you guys use Twitter, connect with me there. Give me a, give me a shout out. Let's connect over there. And I'm trying to use Instagram too. If any of you are on Instagram, let me know. I, I I've been a passive user. I'm trying to get a little more involved with it. So if you guys are out there, let me know. I'd be happy to connect with you guys on Instagram as well. So remember, the Deep South Koi Show in Baton Rouge, Louisiana is this Saturday. The Chicago Flower and Garden Show is starting this Friday, the March 14th through 20, March 22nd. And the new Pond Stars is going to be coming out soon. 
you can also meet the Pond Stars at the Chicago Flower Garden Show. So go check them out. Tell them the Pond Hunter sent you. And next show, Eric Triplett, the Pond Digger, is coming on. Do not miss that show. Back to see you guys there. And I'm Mike Gannon, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and spending this time with me. I really do appreciate you guys being here more than you could imagine. I really do. You guys are the best. Have a good night, everybody. Uh, I'll see you next time on the PHRB. Until then, keep pondy. Happy spring, everybody. You have been listening to the Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In the pursuit of all things aquatic, broadcasting Wednesday nights on Blog Talk Radio. The Pond Hunter, keeping it pondy for the aquatically obsessed. Keep it pondy, everybody. Keep it pondy. Yeah, I will. Hey, man. Got waterfall? Do you? What else we got? Keep it pondy. You keep it pondy. Keep it pondy. All right. Anyway, good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast. I'm Mike Anna. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.